Hi, my name is Ade. My name is Angela. My name is Jabi. My name is Wendy. My name is Murawa. My name is Ojuolakbe. My name is Ade Banjo. My name is Ade Sola. My name is Vidura, and welcome to the 20s Convos podcast with Wally and Toby. On this podcast, Wally and Toby have conversations about life, society, culture, childhood, relationships, the world, and everything in between. The 20s Convos podcast is all about sharing stories, journaling life, and building a community across the world. Enjoy the episode. Obviously, grief is one topic that tends to be very touching society. And it's funny because I was watching um, one, one video yesterday, and the lady said that, obviously in a very sarcastic way, she was like, research shows that, that people will 100% die right but like when she said it like research shows that way it was funny because she started by saying it as if you like she something like very very groundbreaking but like actually ah okay I see what you mean mm. but when she was when she was talking about experiences she was like what what she actually found very interesting was despite or actually even actually sad was despite the grieving feelings and grieving experience what she was most shocked about, surprised about was the reaction and the social environment and how, and how people, friends, strangers, acquaintances, colleagues, you know, will talk to her and how people had expectations of how she should be, you know, what she should say, what she should act like. And I thought this is actually much, much more complex than, than it meets the eye because each of us are all different. Each of us all have different experiences. Each of us might have different experiences of grief, depending on what person in, 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 in that sense. So I'm glad we are doing this, is my point, because um, believe me or not, um, it's one thing that I know people would benefit from. And I say that because when we talk about simple topics like degrees and simple topics like, you know, being independent, simple topics like go battling through um, racism or something like that. We get mm-hmm. messages here and there from, from random persons saying, oh, wow, that I've never heard of that before. And I was thinking the same and I'm glad someone said so. So if, if we've got messages for those trivial or simple things, I'm sure something like this would be very meaningful to people who've never even talked about it in their spheres because it's uncomfortable. So again, thank you for actually coming to, for saying yes. <laughs> because you know saying saying yes to such things is always a gamble and i appreciate you taking that gamble um with us all right cool so bukola yeah. ade ade bukola hello bukola you know everybody hi ade it's nice to meet you <laughs> so so when i was talking to toby uh, just this morning actually i was cutting my hair i said how do i how do we approach this like how do i start this conversation mm-hmm. because Normally, right when we have podcast uh, episodes, it's just a case of finding a link between all, us three and starting it. But this one was quite different because A, is grief, dealing with loss, but also because each of us have different experiences and to different levels. And I, and, I, and I suspected strongly that my level was particularly the least severe or least direct. So I asked him, I said, yo, how do you think we should break the ice? And I want to be honest with you guys how, I, how my day went. And it was like, bro, we'll just go with the flow, right? Because again, that maintains us being natural. And I thought going with the flow probably makes sense for me to start with my own experience. And I said, as I said, very, very um, 
not very direct. So I think the first time I ever understood what it was to lose someone was when I was 10. So um, I had this cousin and man, the Nigerian system sometimes can just piss you off, honestly. But um, I had this cousin and he got injured. Right? Just a simple injury playing football. And obviously, I think he wasn't treated properly. He got tetanus. And then from that, one day, it came to the, and they came to visit us. And I just realized that his, his mom was carrying him on his back, on her back, rather. And my cousin then was, was about 12, innit? I was, I was like, why? And it was, I, think it was, I think I was 10 then. I was like, why is auntie carrying him on her back, right? But my mom said that, oh, he's injured and everything. But to me, it not make sense. Like, okay, yeah, he played this thing and he got injured. Can't he at least, like, you know? <laughs> walk mm. and then the next thing i know is i think the week after <clears throat> i hear that oh um he's passed like he's he's gone but i still didn't understand what they meant like he's gone but i'm like it's not just the injury that i had mm. and bear in mind that this was what well, he was 12 i was 10 so quite some like age and stuff and it took me about i think it took me a good six months probably understand the fact that I was going to see him again. Mm. I was like, I mean, I didn't say, oh shit, because then I probably don't know. I, I, I probably didn't know you should swear, but <laughs> I know I had that moment in my head. Like, you know, yeah, like the light, oh, crap, bulb, like, light bulb moment, mm. you know, but I didn't, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't speak about it, but it's just in my head. I just thought like, so Shagun is gone and, and that's it, you know? And since that time, when my friends, when any of my friends lose someone, go through that, I've never still been able to be able to articulate or rather fully understand their own because mine was from a distant position where, you know, we didn't live together, right? He, he, he lived in a different state, actually. We only saw each other on holidays. And then my friends, but, but, like, but like, I know how I felt. And then my friends probably lost maybe a parent or a sibling. I just think, hang on a minute. If I felt this way about my cousin who I saw four times a year, mm-hmm. how does someone feel about someone who they spent some time with? Mm-hmm. Now, Toby, I know for you, like yours is again a different experience because yeah. you lost your dad when you were very young. Mm-hmm. And funny thing is, um, Adi and Bokola just. Um, funny thing is, on Father's Day, I asked Toby and I said, I th- and I think we we're just talking on 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 Zoom on yeah. WhatsApp, and I was like, bro, actually, I've actually never asked you this. Like on Father's Day, like how do you, how do you do it? Like what do you do on Father's Day? Hmm. And because I realized that Toby has been my friend for a while, but I've never actually asked him that. Hmm. Like because I kind of took it for granted mentally, and I just realized that actually, bro, like what do you do on Father's Day? So. Since, since I've asked you that in the past, and you already answered me, yeah. maybe you should kick off from that and from take it away. Yeah. Um, so disclaimer, actually, it happened when I was, what, five? Um, and there's only certain things I remember from it. And to be honest, I think I also fall in the camp, like you were aware, when it comes to like death and processing grief, I wouldn't say like, yes, I, you know, my dad passed away, but I do, beyond that, there hasn't been like any other events that has been that close to me right and because that happened when i was young like 
that experience of like I don't have that many memories of him. So him not being there didn't really change so much versus like as opposed to just walking around and seeing my friends, you know, talking to their dads or talking about their dads and I can't share similar stories. Like that's kind of like the extent of it. And I was saying this funny story to Wally that um so on the anniversary of of his passing, I like um it was a couple of days before my birthday and usually people in my family would like you know talk about it on facebook and things like that but i just realized for the last like three or four years like i remember in 100 level 200 level it was something that it was a disc that kind of like was close to my head or my heart but in the last like three or four years i've not exactly paid attention so like one day i was scrolling through whatsapp and i saw my dad's picture my mom's profile picture and i was like like what's what's going on and then i now checked the dates i was like ah cool mm. and it, it sort of hit me differently because i'm like okay is it like why like why did that i guess distance also and time passing has an effect as well but also because i didn't spend that much time with him but yeah i've never felt that sort of like strong emotion when it comes to like grief in that for that particular story but when it comes to other people right i know you know some aunties some really close like family members um i was looking at the stages of grief and everything and i think i go from kind of like isolation where i hear the news i'm like oh shit this person is gone i think about the last time i saw them then i start to think about what it feels like for their family and i'm like okay that's probably going to be very weird and then i kind of like skip from that point into acceptance right it's like okay sure this person is gone like you know life life happens but sometimes i might filter back through the other things which is maybe like thinking about actually honestly it depends on the person but i think it's mostly between isolation like just denying it a bit and then just moving towards acceptance so yeah um largely in summary i don't think i process guilt like very i don't know if there's a right way to process guilt but again it's just one of those things where i don't think there's been any i've not been at the front row of it for quite a bit um and so yeah i'm not really sure but like what he said whenever friends mention it's like maybe a friend that has lost a dad more recently than i have like you know at one level, you feel like you can connect, but on another level, you're like, yeah, I can't really relate. Like, sure, you know, it's happened to me as well, but I think it's just very different circumstances. And I usually do not know what to say, right? Like, even saying I'm sorry, like, the first thing that comes to your head is like, oh, but you didn't cause it. Like, the whole grammatic thing of you saying sorry to someone. And then, you know, you're kind of like, like, if it's just happened, it feels easier than if it's happened, like, already and then the person is kind of like talking about their feelings about it and you're headed like okay how do i respond to this in this moment when this person is sharing so yeah just i'll stop there for now but kind of like that's how i responded to wally's question and just my thoughts around grief overall isn't it's interesting that you use the term um front row um I never heard that before <laughs> um front row to, to that experience mm. um but Bukola, given what toby said and particularly on the the idea of the i think you mentioned mm-hmm. stages of grief yeah right um what is your own experience um of grief and dealing with loss and um how do you relate that to you know i guess i won't say stages because i don't I, I don't know if i believe in such rigid um calculations but yeah <laughs> yeah um wow so I mean, first of all, you guys, <laughs> you were talking about like not having like front row seats. And I, you know, sometimes I, I, even though I know like people like this exist, I always still find it strange when I get to talk to people who like tell me, I always just feel like oh, we're all the same. Like this thing has hit 
like all of us like on some level so it's always very refreshing when you find people who like talk about you know um losing someone and it's very distant you know it's like mm. removed you know I, I always just find it refreshing I'm like lucky you but anyways um so not to be like morbid or anything I actually lost my I've lost both my parents um I lost my mom when I was 19 this was nine eight nine years ago yeah nine years ago and then I lost my dad three years after now the funny thing about like having to cope with that kind of loss is because first of all I had to talk about the type of family units my mom pretty much raised my 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 sibling and I my sister and I my dad was there but you know Fun, funny family dynamics my mom was the one who raised us so when people are talking about people being close to their mom I'm not going to go into it but I think you guys can already mm, understand mm, like mm. I can't go through a day I will call my mom like 20 times maybe because I just needed her for something or I just wanted to tell her something and then my mom fell sick like it was it wasn't even something I I had time to get used to like it progressed really fast again Nigerian institutions just have a way of just taking and taking and taking and they give nothing back but yeah we're not even going to go into that so yeah when it happened I didn't know anything about five stages of grief I think the only thing I felt for a really long time was just shock because I just never, I think, I think I was like a bratty teenager up until that point. So I just never imagined that there would be a time when like, I wouldn't just have my mom in my life. I came home from holiday from school and like within two weeks, I mean, she had been sick, but apparently she didn't let me know because I was in school and everything. So within two weeks of me coming home, everything happened. And so when, my, when I lost my mom, I was 19 and like I had a junior sister. So it was shock for a really long time. But thankfully, that shock just like pushed me into doing everything that I needed to do at that point. So I was in my final year and I had just one more semester. So it was the shock of, okay, so yeah, you have to finish school because you know you don't want to go back to that place anyway. So I don't remember writing my final exams. Like till today, when wow. me and my friends are talking about like how you know, the finals where and one project defense, I literally don't have any memory. I just know that I finished, you know. And then, so I think after coming out and then, you know, getting a job. So another thing that happened is things things now started to happen like a lot faster for me. I noticed, I, I still don't know how to explain it. I think it was just so important that I get a job even right as I started my NYC. So my NYC wasn't even time to cruise for me. I literally got like a formal job and I just found myself thrown like into the system. Mm. And so it was from there that I now started to like understand like the whole thing of um, denial, you know, and bargaining, you know, being like really depressed, why things like that, because it was not every day I was now confronted with the thoughts. Look, my mom is in here again because when you're now like in an environment with like a lot more people, you know, I see someone beside me probably looking at someone. It's like, oh, I'll ask my mom. And then the person just does that. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can't do that again. Mm-hmm. That was when like it started to sink for me. And then 
we have so many mothers day for goodness sake <laughs> <laughs> like it's like <laughs> so you know then they'll be her birthday then there was the actual day that it happened so for me for the longest time i didn't get the chance to move to acceptance because the reminder was just because my life was so interwoven with my mom's so even if i wanted to get past the anger and the fear and like the grief and everything and get to acceptance so many things will come up that will remind me that look she's not here like anymore then before i now even had time to now be like okay you know what it's been three years you know i'm i'm doing pretty okay i think like i don't like cry at the drop of a hat because uh, before instant tears like i could just be looking at something and it's just i i don't you the tears doesn't even respect where you are if you're, if you're like there at an interview <laughs> just that. and then and then i now lost my dad again so i think for me things just went like i won't say downhill for my perception of like grief and my perception of accepting what losing someone means just I kind of I think I now started to redefine what grief means to me, mm. what acceptance means to me, what's who to blame. Like I wasn't listening because you know how people mean well, you know, and everyone will come and they'll tell you that things happen for a reason. I hate that, I hate that phrase. Because mm. sometimes things just don't happen. Things just happen. Mm. There's no reason, it doesn't make sense, you know. And you know, people mean well and they'll tell you that, oh. Like you have guardian angels now. And like, instead of just flipping out, I just like have the conversation. I'll rather say out loud, just have it in my head, you know. But I found a way, I actually found a way like to cope with it in the sense that I'm definitely not anywhere near acceptance. What I've reconciled with is the fact that, look, I just tried to imagine what my parents' life would have been like, like if they were still here. And I tried to imagine like, the trajectory of my life, the trajectory of my sister's life, like how things have been different, you know, the hyper-independence that I just, like I, I display like on a daily basis, you know, I try to imagine and I just make, I make peace with the fact that, look, anywhere has to be better than this nightmare that we're in. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that's where I'm at now. And I just feel like, when it comes to like coping with grief, it's very important to allow people come to the conclusions that they want. Mm. So many times we try to like foister for people who like practice religion, foister what the Bible says or what the Quran says about how just accept it. And there's a reason for everything. And God, God called them home. What does he need them for? Crying out loud, like, <laughs> you know. So I just think that for coping with grief, it's very important for people to just come to the um, the type of acceptance or the type of coping mechanism that works for them. It's very individual. The same way I've experienced it, I've seen my friends go through maybe half of the same thing I experienced, some of them full, sometimes strangers. And everyone seems fine. You know, you can't carry with a long face. You know, you can't show your, what you're going through cannot be showing like physically on your face all the time. So I've seen how like people deal with it. And I'm just of the opinion that look, whatever works for you is what you should practice. Because the more you try to like, if, if imagine if I was in doc, like in doing the doctrine of everything happens for you, I'll just be suppressing all that rage. 
and all that anger that I'm feeling and keep mm-hmm. telling myself that I'm being told that everything happens for a reason. That would not have worked for me. And I'm very sure I would have just been this person who's just angry all the time and not knowing how to process my feelings, you know. So for me, I don't buy into any of, any of that. I know all the things that I had to do. I know all the things that I had to tell myself. I, I know all the things that I had to write down for me to come to a reasonable place for me to rejoin society because society yeah. expects me to, <laughs> to rejoin and continue. No matter what happens to yeah. you, you have to move on, yeah. you know. So I had to find what works for me, perhaps maybe later in the conversation when everybody's talking about, you know, but I had to just find that point so that I could comfortably go back into society and not be like a madman. So, mm. you know, so yeah, that's, that's my opinion, like on coping with grief. And, you know, you said something to me about like forgetting your, you didn't know that it was father's day and everything. Fam, I think about my mom every day and I forgot her birthday for the first time a few mm. weeks ago. Like the days leading up to it, I, it was very heavy on my mind. You know, I knew that a birthday was coming up and the usual, oh, I'm, I'm just happy. Like, I hope she's happy wherever she is. Mm-hmm. If she reincarnated, I hope she's happy. If she's resting, I hope she's happy. You know, the usual. And then on that day, I just blanked. Was I doing anything substantial? Probably not. It just didn't come to my head. And then I woke up the next morning. And I just felt really ugly. Like I was feeling like an ugly person. Mm. I was like, Bookie, you forgot. Like they say like the mother is the, you know, the usual. I was like, wow. (laughs) Then I just had to tell myself something. And I don't care like if this makes me like feel like a jerk or makes me look like a jerk. But I just told myself something that look shit happens i'm sorry if i come cussing i hope like it's not yeah shit shit is fine shit is fine yeah (laughs) shit happens and i don't like i just have to tell myself that i don't need birthdays and anniversaries to remember my mom like she's pretty much on my mind every day Mm -hmm. i'm sure she won't mind that i forgot her birthday you know Mm -hmm. and then i just made peace with it very quickly and then i moved on so yeah (laughs) wow um i think I was listening to you. Um, I was watching an interview with I think Anderson Cooper and, and uh, some other TV anchor host, and, and and he was like that. If he had a chance, he, he wished that he could have a scar on his head. And when people saw that scar, they know that he's lost someone, so that they know mm-hmm. how to deal with him. Because as you said, going back in society, society expects normality from you, but. In a way, you're no more normal because your life is not what it was before that happened. Yeah, so, I, in your own in your own um, experience, you just want to share that with with us. Okay, uh, you know, you know, I'm not sure if you noticed, like uh, all the time she was speaking, I was just nodding my head, and <laughs> it seems it seems like we went to the same school. <laughs> you know, it's like we've been to the same class, you know, the same setting and experience. Similar, I was very surprised. And to be, to be honest, this is the first time I'm actually, you know, after six years that of five and a half years now that my dad passed away, that I'm actually having this type of dialogue with people to mm. talk about grief. So mm. it is amazing that somebody else that I don't know <laughs> is saying exactly. <laughs> but I think there's one point that she mentioned that I'm going to start off with, which is uh, about the type of relationship you have with the person that has died. Mm. You know, for me, uh, I had a very, I was, uh, I had a very close bonding with my dad. Mm. 
mm. you know, and uh, that kind of bonding is the kind of bonding I don't have with my mom, mm. unfortunately, because again, with parents, you can't, you know, you have different type of relationship with your parents, you yeah. know. So unfortunately, in my own case, uh, it was the, the case that I lost my, I lost the parent that I was probably much, much more closer to, mm-hmm. you know. So that, that was a big, so I think that's the first, first thing. Who, who's the person that has died? How, how close are you to the person? Mm. My, type, my dad, I mean, although I came here, I came to the UK like 12 years ago now. And I remember my first four years of being in the UK. After four years of living in Nigeria and being here, he would call me like three times a day. <laughs> Do you understand? Wow. I already in uni, <laughs> already in university, like I'm in my fourth year mm-hmm. master's in fact. He would mm-hmm. call me, have you eaten today? And he would say stuff like, and sorry, I've just have to, I have to speak it in Yoruba because this mm-hmm. is how he would say, like, show that shobora, which mm-hmm. is that, did you cover yourself when you slept? Mm-hmm. You know? So that type of intimacy and bonding with my dad is the kind of, uh, you know, when he then passed away, it, it, it was difficult for me, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Again, we were so close to the point where if, for example, Okay, so I remember one day I was in Lagos in Ikeja and there was this very beautiful lady that came into the office that I was in. Okay. And I was looking at me like, so are you just stay there? Let me go talk to her or something. Do you understand? So, and, and that kind of relationship, I don't think it's the typical Niger or, you know, Nigerian father-son kind of relationship where yeah. your dad is even going to be telling you that, fam, don't, don't, you know, don't, 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 like, <laughs> you know, don't, don't, <laughs> you get. Mm. So, and so, so that's the first thing. Second thing is you, you love somebody so much, right? And then you now, you now have to deal with the, the way they die. It's also something that I really struggled with. So the way my dad died was, um, you know, it makes me still angry to you today. You know, mm-hmm. again, the Nigerian healthcare system and all that, mm-hmm. where, you know, they, they didn't have the right facilities to, yeah. to mm-hmm. treat him and take care of him. And uh, so when I think about all that, that's, that still makes me very sad. Mm-hmm. I think how my dad died as well, it was quite fast. It wasn't like we, we knew that he was he was sick or the others there was a sign. Mm. So like I remember the, our last conversation so with me, father and son, was that oh you you wouldn't even send me money. You wouldn't even you know why is it taking you so long to for the money to be sent to me? You know and that kind of mm. stuff. And you would be like ah I could miss now like relax. You know, <laughs> things are difficult back home and you know so and then. After that type of conversation where I'm like attacking him for not sending me the money I was expecting him to send me, I hear that he has passed away. And I'm just like, how? What? How? From where? <laughs> like, why? Yeah. What happened? Hmm. You know, and um, uh, man, for me, okay, so there's also that, uh, there's also that factor that we watch in movies, in Nigerian Hollywood movies, where, you know, a loved one, a father dies. Mm-hmm. And that the family, the immediate children and the wife are dealing with the loss. And then you have the family, extended family, come. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, okay. and they want to come and start showing. So, like same muscles. Then I would watch all those things in movies. I'd seen those things when I was, you know, much younger. And when they were happening to me, I was thinking, hold on a minute. Is this actually really happening to me? I'm, <laughs> I'm dealing with the grief of my dad. Mm-hmm. And then, some, you know, some people will come 
from the village or from wherever and claim that my mom killed my dad mm. or claim that, you know, some kind of stupid stuff, mm. you know. So then they disturb your ability to actually grieve. Yeah. Or mourn. That's number one. In my own case, it was it was much more difficult because because of the mess that was going on at home, I couldn't even attend my dad's burial. Do you get? I couldn't go. I, oh. So that to to now still doesn't. I, I don't think I've had closure yet. To be fair, after over five years of, of losing him, hmm. I totally know, understand that. Man, it's crazy. And then she she, she also mentioned something now, which is reminder as well the kind of work i do my dad was also a professor right mm. so every single time like like uh, we just published i just published a paper just recently an academic article which we started the article together mm. right and the thing got published and it got our the aim or where we were targeting the article was just maybe like a very low ranked you know just just get it get the idea out there mm. and where i managed to publish it is like the top journal in my field mm. and him not being there to see that you know so there's that constant reminder by default the kind of job i do mm. like i'm just like oh man i have to deal with this man's um, loss again mm. so my brother and my sister it's it's uh it's a very tough one mm. that I've, de- I've dealt with and every now and again i still post about it and people i'm sure people will be like ah this guy is Man, my brother, I never do because you don't understand how I feel. You know, and that's probably one of the only ways I can I can you know still uh, comfort myself you know, mm. considering the circumstances of how I how I was able to deal with it. Mm. You know, something you even said. I don't think you ever get closure from something like grief because the way that I've experienced grief is even the moment when you think that okay like you are on like a on a trajectory of stability and like things are happening you know then you just get triggered by it might not even be the because there's one thing that i noticed that people don't talk about a lot people or when people are talking about grief people only relate it to the the loss of a family member or a loss of someone Mm -hmm. there's so many things that we grieve we grieve opportunities when we like lose opportunities and you know like it's glaring in your face that ah, this thing would have changed my life you know it and, and it, it didn't happen well. hmm. and that grief already triggers something that was already going on in your life so sometimes hmm. it just feels like like it's piling on which is why there are sometimes when you know this thing that you said about people being like ah is enough now do you know that i found out that sometimes people don't come out and say it but they actually think it's and it, it's so wild to me mm. in a sense that I really don't blame them because there's so many things that I had so different types of opinions on until I actually experienced that thing, which is why I, I try to extend a lot of compassion, not because I'm a great person or because I'm on <laughs> sh- No, 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 at all. Mm. I just look at it that, look, you can't, so something that you don't understand because you haven't lived it. It's mm. very okay if, I see someone posting birthday, person is posting, hey, I miss my mom, uh, anniversary. But there's so, especially the way our society is, I go for weddings. I cannot, I go for weddings. You know how people are marrying by the Saturdays. Mm-hmm. I go for mm-hmm. weddings mm-hmm. and I see a father, you know, 
dancing mm-hmm. in with like the bride oh, and man. I just have to stand up, carry my bag and go to the bar. I'm just like, book it, but I thought we were over this because <laughs> you've been for a lot of weddings. You know this happens. You know mm-hmm. fathers dance with their daughters. Mm-hmm. Or when I see, or let's not even say, because let's not even use like the most traditional things because I mean, what if I don't want to get married? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just see maybe someone does something nice for their parents. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. could I could have done that. Yeah. I'm in the position to do that now. But mm. that's yeah. what they said. God needed them more. I hope <laughs> he's buying that. I hope he's buying that Mercedes for them. Because <laughs> I, I, I could have. I'm sorry, this conversation might seem sarcastic, but I just had to have this dialogue with myself. That's mm. the only way I can stay afloat. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way. Because grief is... I don't know how to describe it. Grief is very consuming. I saw something, people pass, people put, put these quotes up a lot about grief being like love that has nowhere to go. And honestly, that's like the most accurate description. Mm. So you have love. Love comes from like different places. If you feel love for a sibling, you can just rush and go and hug them. Mm. Or if you feel love for like a significant other, you can go and kiss them and you guys can go to the movies, you know, and you can just find a way to express it in a way. But then you are feeling love and you are feeling memories for somebody that is not here physically again. It is heavy. And another thing is, you know, that we're different people. The way the four of us experience things are totally different. Mm. People use enneagrams. People use um, astrology to describe it. May I just say, so let me say the type of person I am. I feel things and I, and I really feel them. Mm. So when I'm happy, when I'm feeling joy, like if you are around me, you will, like you will understand because I feel it 100%. Mm. So the same way goes when I'm like feeling sadness and when I'm feeling pain, I just have to be the same intensity. So another person might look at it that like, ah, relax now, but you just feel like it's, it's not yeah. like it's not that. Yeah, you know, I I can see somebody post about them losing their pets, and I'll just start crying. Mm. I don't know this person. I don't know the pets. I don't even know if that's the person's pet. If the person just <laughs> stole somebody's picture from, but I just, yeah. I just, every time people post like celebrity death, I know how long it took me to get over Kobe's death. It was mm. so weird. I don't know this man from anyway. I don't even yeah. watch basketball. So mm. I couldn't even say, but it just feels different because you, you, the first thing that comes to your mind is that person's family. Yeah, like you, yeah. it's like you are just taking on, you're taking on that person's grief as your own. It's, yeah, I yeah. don't know how to explain it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So which is why, as I said, because of how the emotion is, it's very important for people to come to certain realizations by themselves, come to it, not, not the type of acceptance that is acceptable to society, mm. you know, where mm. like you, go to church and you give thanksgiving and you accept that the person is resting in the bosom of the Lord. What if they aren't? So how about you just let me, let me do my own ritual (laughs) and let me come to my own conclusions that will make me okay. That will make me an acceptable person in the society. Do you you get, do you get what I'm talking about? So, yeah. 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 Interesting, I mean, like you mentioned know, sure, some. Yeah, okay, I go, no, go, go, no, go. No, I go for you. You go, you go. <laughs> no, 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 go for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's just uh, that placing that emphasis on on the fact that you know, I mean, for me now, 
I think about the fact that I want to go, the day I'm going to get married, I want to have a dad. And I don't know, I, I don't know, people will probably say, oh, come on, man. But trust me, for somebody that had a kind of relationship that I explained with my dad and him not being there, that, that, that's really sad. And that's something mm-hmm. that um, yeah, affects me. And the, just the thought of it alone, just, man, you might, you might be, and I like what she said, she went, you go to a wedding and next thing, mm. you're just like down. Like for me, sometimes I'm just like cool. I'm having a very good day, and then I'll just see something that just reminds me that oh, my dad will be dead the day I do this thing or something. Mm-hmm. And then trust me, that just, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I remember the, the day I did my PhD graduation, for example. You know, my mom was there, but my dad wasn't there, and I was happy. Everybody was like, "Yeah, congratulations!" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't as happy as I wanted to. You know, just yeah. because he wasn't there. Yeah. And um, again, I, I was telling you about, I think I was the kind of kid that I had like a silver spoon in my mouth where, you know, my dad was there, everything was fine. Mm. You know, yeah. and the next day I heard he died and then boom, off. Everything the silver spoon is taken off. There was no prior training <laughs> to, to <laughs> how I would deal with, you know, yeah. life without him. Mm. So then I had to start figuring things out. Oh, wow. I didn't get to get, I, I was in uni. My dad didn't support. I told you, my dad was a professor, right? So anything you work in while studying, no chance. He says, the work that you're doing now would come later. Mm. Right? But you, you, you might miss the opportunity to get the right grades for you and all that if you don't focus on your schoolwork now. So yeah, focus on schoolwork. So I never really worked like that. Or even the little work and what, all the things I did, I didn't let him know I was, I was working. Mm. She mm. Get, it was just for me to get extra money for myself. So when he mm. died, I didn't have to go and get proper, proper. you know, work. And you realize that, like, you know, it comes with different financial challenges as well. Mm. And your landlord will come and meet you and say, hey, where's my rent? Not caring that you've just lost your dad and all yeah. that. You know, yeah. life, life still brings, its, brings on its own challenges and people still expect a certain level of delivery. Mm. When I was doing my PhD, for example, my supervisor sent me a, my supervisors they knew that my dad died so they hey, sorry for the loss after one month my brother where's your report where's your this one <laughs> and i had to continue to perform mm, so to, to just to bring out a point there is that in in the process of grief in the process of dealing with the loss of the loved one you'd have to find a place where for me anyways i tried to find a place where i realized that wow this has happened but mm. you just have to keep moving on because as she said yeah. You don't keep moving, you know, you keep on the journey of, of keep going. You realize that you just keep going in circles and in circles and in yeah. circles. The journey has not been easy. Mm. And like I said, I still have the pain, but I think so over the years, I've just learned to, to live with that pain. That pain is there. It's not going anywhere anytime. Mm. But what I've just done is I've tried to find days. Today now, for example, 11th is five years seven months that my dad passed away. So mm. I still remember all this Father's Day, all Father's these days, day, and yeah. it gives me that, oh, God, <laughs> not again. And even, I like what she said about Kobe Bryant. Mm. I saw, I was in church today, mm. so I finished playing drums, I went on my phone, and I saw that, uh, what's Al-Sultan. his name? Passed away. Thank you. Al-Sultan passed away. And, man, as soon as I saw that post, my brother, I was, my heart was beating like, that's another thing. I don't even know him. Yeah. Do you know, I don't even know yeah. Sam Sultan. I think I, I only met him once. 
in my second, he came to my secondary school for a show or something like that. But this is something that happened to many people that I see that would just pass away. Yeah. But the way I react to it, yeah, yeah, you get the fear that oh, he has passed away. Where is he now? How is his, why, how is his family coping? His family, because I've yeah. been through that. Yeah, yeah. And somebody, so even people I've seen my first of my maybe people on Instagram or something or Facebook, they will they will lose somebody. Mm. And I'm not that nice as well, like she mentioned, but the way <laughs> I'll write to them and just to comfort them, just because I know I've been through that and I know it's gonna be a very mm. painful journey. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I'll stop there. Yeah, no, like to be honest, like you know, two things that you guys said that really stood out for me is the, is the family thing where whenever someone loses someone, you begin to think about okay, what does this mean for their family? Right. And you know, mm-hmm. is this kind of like I don't know, you put yourself like you said, because like, you take on their own like grief in that sense. Yeah. And the second yeah. thing is um the marriage thing, I just dipped it's like a couple of weeks ago, how whenever I think about weddings and ceremonies and things like that. I always try to skip yeah. past all the introduction parts. Like in my head, I want a very small wedding. Let's just go to the courts, finish it and go. On the one hand, it's because I'm very like introverted. But I think on the other hand, mm-hmm. it's because I know there's this whole family element to marriages and, and things like that, that I will not be able to supply. Like, and I don't, exactly. yeah, like I don't want to feel like, you know, when they are saying, oh, your family is going there to introduce themselves. I'm like, who do I want to carry? First of all, like who do I want to carry? Like I only have my mom, like, and I'm not going to put her through any like wahala to do any kind oh, of that's stress. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. So, uh, and I'm just yeah. depending now that that's probably why I want a small wedding because I'm like, look, take me. It's me that you're married. Yeah, take me. Less. I will introduce my family. My family knows you. Yeah. Let's let's get this thing done with. But then obviously, like yes, just yesterday, a friend of a friend got married. I saw pictures of you know the family sitting down together, mom, dad, mm-hmm. person center. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking. I'm like, hmm, okay, well, I guess this one will not happen <laughs> for me. But <laughs> do you know that yeah. this thing about like your how like what you the loss that you've experienced has also like shaped your expectations. Mm. I think we should actually even talk about like how society, how societal expectations has also like shaped. Um, okay. So let me give an example now. Mm. There are many times when I'm talking to my friends who have gotten married or those who are about to get married or those who plan to, first of all, let me say that I actually don't even want to get married and I'll, I'll explain, I'll explain like based on what you said now, do you know that? Have you ever heard someone say something like, ah, when you want to marry, the family you're marrying into is also very important. Family stability. In my mind, I'm just like, then I'm disqualified. (laughs) 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 Like I don't say it out. And I know that these people, they're not trying to be insensitive. No, 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 they're not. It's a normal thing. You want to marry into a family where there's a familial unit, you know, they are happy. Yeah. And I'm just like, me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me, me, <papa. laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the ones I, and even before I, before when they were even around, it's not like I see we were like plenty. It was mm-hmm. literally just us. So it's like yeah. I even have like uncles and aunties that like, know. So my man, I'm like, if that's what people are looking for, then I'm already like disqualified from a lot of societal. Yeah. Like expectations, yeah. yeah, yeah, expectations. Yeah. You know, you, you want a family where the father will come away. So <laughs> I already just started adjusting. First of all, I started with okay, maybe I'll I'll get shocked like with a foreigner. I'm sorry, these things might sound ridiculous, but mm. these were my thought processes yeah. as yeah. I was growing up. Yeah. I started with okay, maybe I'll just marry a foreigner who doesn't care. Like it's just mm. me and you. We'll start our own family. We'll start our own traditions. Yeah. You know. From there, I just progressed to, you know what, just leave me out of it because it just seems like a lot of stress. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that that's how I'm, that's what I'm going to do. But I was just trying to explain how sometimes society just, because, which is why I insist that if you just decide to follow what is already established, your, your, your case is different. It's just, it, it, it's not the same, you know. There's no how somebody who wants to marry into a family of stability would ever so when you when we meet and we have not fallen in love, oh yeah, where are your parents now? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> like so, yeah. do you get like do you get what I'm trying to say? So um, they, I know yeah. they knew well, and even I too. But thankfully, how that has now taught me is I have zero expectations of anybody. No, in the sense that if I meet someone now, I'm meeting mm. you as mm. a person. Mm. I don't. I don't know if I eventually get to meet the people that you've decided because well, eventually I feel like if I'm, if I get to stay on this earth, you know, and I have like longevity and all, what I'm going to define as family is going to be completely different. different. My family is most likely going to be my friends, people that have been in my life and have shown that look. So Hmm. if I meet someone, I already extend that courtesy. So I'm meeting you as a person. I'm not meeting the son of so, 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 or this person it's nice if you have it if you, it's nice if i see that you guys are family where you people are lovey-dovey you guys you have a good relationship with your sibling it's nice yeah. but it just it's not of importance to me you know yeah. and that already like makes me i won't say different it just sort of i just i always just feel like i'm looking outside in mm. when i'm like when when it comes to things like that and Another thing like I, I wanted to touch on, you said something about fear. That's another thing that people don't realize that grief gives you. If you're already somebody that deals with anxiety, I'm more sorry for you. Because <laughs> my biggest fear, my biggest fear now is not dying. Nope. In yep. fact, I, like my biggest fear, because my family unit was my mom, my dad, myself, and my sister. It was just four of us. And now there's just two of us. My biggest fear is that I'm just going to lose everybody around me. It's an irrational fear. I think that's what fear is anyways. Mm. Most people have fears that when they discuss with someone else, you'll be like, how did you arrive at that? Like, how, that kind well, of thinking. It's, because of, it's the person's experience. So my biggest yeah. fear now, I, I have serious PTSD. My sister, she's even tired of me. She goes out, she's not texting me where she is. Mm. And I'm messaging and I'm like, please let me know where you are. Mm. In my mind, I'm like, I know this thing. I, I recognize what this thing is. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I know what it is. I'm just afraid. I think I would rather go and not have to deal because I'm telling you, I, I don't think I can deal like with grief again. It will. I absolutely think that it will break me because yeah. I've actually tried. Apart from my parents, then my grandfather now died. But even though I'm not like close to, I'm not as close to him. Mm. as i would be to like my my grandma is on another level like that's one person i'm very close to but i just think about it i'm just like i am tired yeah i cannot do this again so just remove me from the situation Mm. and let like every other person who is back there i'm sorry it sounds selfish and you know i hope when you guys were bringing people to this talk (laughs) i I hope that you guys are not expecting i'm going to come and tell your followers that grief is i have i have very very morbid but it works for me it just mm. i don't know how it just works for me yeah. i would rather be removed from the situation and let me go to where there's nothing again where like i don't than to have to deal with losing 
like someone again. I just don't think that I would be able to. I know yeah. life will life anyways, but the fear, like I can't live my life the way like people just live like in abandon. I just can't do it because I'm just always afraid that, you know, if like if I just get close like to someone, mm-hmm. like that person is just going to leave because that has literally been the theme, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, these are these are like the things that shape. So your grief is not in isolation. It just comes with all forms of, you know, and yeah. So I just want to say that I'm curious to know, like, how did you guys deal with changes in your social environment? So, because I know you might have found that maybe people began to act differently or people began to act in a way that you didn't expect, you know, and what were the areas that surprised you and areas that you did not, you know, know how to control or fathom? And how did you deal with that? Ade? Oh, okay. Uh, I think for me, you know, uh, you know, when you lose somebody like that, so people will people will get get in touch. You will say, "Oh, whatever you need." <laughs> There's always that whatever you need factor. You know, okay. I'm always here to help, and you know, just give me a shout. That happened with my dad's friends. You know, that happened with uh, even my own friends as well. But what you, what you later on you realize that the journey of grief is a soul individualistic journey. It's it's you. <laughs> You get people who yeah. say all that kind of stuff, all that sweet stuff at the very maybe first week, second week, third week. Mm. But after a while, people will go on their uh, and leave you alone to deal with that loss. Mm. You know, so changes for me. I think I've just that. To be very honest, that moment of losing my dad made me realize that actually, man, I don't really have many friends like that, that I thought I did mm. have. <laughs> you know, I didn't have friends like that. My brother is just maybe my colleagues or you know. We know each other, you know, mm. but in terms of friendship, friend, friend, mm. uh, no, gr- grief is one of the real tests of real friendship where, you know, I mean, you need, when you, particularly when you lose a dad, you know, it's, you know, somebody who is financing your fees, financing mm. your education, mm. the main challenge that faces you automatically is financial challenge, right? Mm. So, you know, yeah. people will not be willing to do that to help you financially. And also you realize that even the, you know, the words of encouragement, people will encourage, but after a while, like I said before, it will now turn to a case that my brother, I beg, move on. Uh, <laughs> only you go lose your father, <laughs> that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, but I think one thing I learned from, you know, changes in, in social space and all that is that uh, I really, that last five, last five years really showed me that, man, the, the process of grief is actually like your, an individual journey. You don't expect much from people because I realized that, you know, the first maybe few months of my dad's loss, like whatever somebody tells me, I take it like, yes. Oh, for example, somebody say, yeah, don't worry. You need anything. And I take it. Oh, yes, I need support. And mm. because that's, I'm looking for love. I'm looking for somebody to, to just be there. Mm. And if you say anything, it really like makes me feel like, oh, yeah. And then, you realize that people don't act on those promises. People just say them just because mm. they just want to make you feel. Mm. So you will now start feeling disappointment. Maybe after a while, you need to go back to mm. those people and feel like, oh man, I need you to help me with this. And people say, <laughs> particularly me with my dad's friends. And, you know, you realize I have so, he has so many, he had, he had rather, so many friends, but they didn't turn up. In fact, some friends 
you even like you they start showing their true color when when he died mm. you know showing that actually they are not really friends they were frenemies <laughs> <laughs> the people that were jealous of his successes or people that were not just happy and mm. then that death time actually showed their real colors and all that mm. you know so i think that's one thing that i've learned friendship is not really or the kind of friends you think you really are oh this is my friend my brother man you can be very disappointed so knowing that when you are when you are facing such a thing mm. just i think i just realized that man i have to just face my my journey myself and my siblings like she said she, she and her sister for example like i don't mean my siblings i don't joke with my siblings i make sure that hey what are you doing just to keep that intimacy but in terms of other people don't accept don't expect too much mm. Mm. yeah thank you what color for you <laughs> it's actually quite a bit different for me. I understand. I I totally get like what you explained, and I think that that would be the rational, you know, expectation because a lot of people come around and do say things because they are trying to make you feel better. But I think for me, I learned about managing expectations even before I knew what managing expectations was, mm. and uh, this is what I mean. When I lost my parents and then I now joined like corporate world, I now started to make like new friends aside from my friends from like uni who like probably knew. And I don't know why, but in a way, I think I was like embarrassed. I I still don't know how that was the emotion I was feeling. But to me, there was probably just something embarrassing about being an orphan. It's like, yikes, you know, I guess maybe I didn't want people to start like, talking to me different or start treating me different so and you know that typically conversations about parents it's not something that comes up it's just you just know that <laughs> you typically hear this person talking to mommy and daddy then you just realize maybe three months down the line that ah, come i've never heard you like it's only i only hear you talk about your grandma i hear you talking to your grandma then that's where the decision to now say oh yeah my parents are they're not around or just it depends on the type of friend i'll just be like oh my parents are actually it. So for me, I didn't really have to manage um, societal behavior towards me because not a lot of people knew. Mm. It was now like maybe when I would now post something, you know, and I wouldn't hide it, then people would now be like, oh my God, like you've lost, you know. And then they'll be like, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. But because of the way they've already been relating with me has already sort of been established. So there wasn't, it should have been somehow to now start walking on eggshells around me. I call your mom if you want to call her beside me. It doesn't matter to me. I'll, I'll greet her, you know. So I had already like, I had already done that for myself. Mm. The only thing I know that made it really hard for me was I now started to see just how important like your relationship with your parents in your 20s are a lot of my friends now the relationship they have with their parents in their 20s is not what a lot of them didn't even have relationship with their parents growing up they hated them you know growing up it's just now and then i now started to realize just how deeply like i miss i'm missing out Mm. like on a lot of things and i won't lie i think that was like the most painful part and human beings will not they are not, I don't even expect people to, but people will not try to cover something just because they know that it will hurt you. I mean, if like it's very close friends, best friends, I can understand, but you're in a very big place, you know. 
if somebody, if somebody's mom. So let me give you an example. There was one day, this I will never forget this thing in my life. I moved into a new apartment. I once I finished uni, I left my grandparents because when my parents died, obviously we had to go and live with our grandparents. Mm. And once I finished uni, I just packed my shit and I moved straight to the island because I've gotten a job. So I, you know, got an apartment and all. Now, when I was moving into my apartment, the norm for me already was I did everything by myself. I got the movers by myself. I painted my apartment by myself. I went shopping for electronics by myself. When I was doing these things, I knew I was tired and I knew I was stressed, but I didn't know that there was any difference. That was just default for me. Then one day I was sitting down beside my colleague at work. We were talking about something very random. So I knew she was also about to get a new place. You know, this was like maybe two years after I had gotten mine. So me, I was already established. So she would even be asking me, oh, how did you do this? Then one day she had a call with her mom. And then when she finished, she said something. She said, oh, I'm so tired, but I'm just really thankful for my mom. And I just asked her, what do you mean? And, you know, she just said it offhandedly. Mm. She was like, her mom got the movers. Her mom got the painters, like all she has to do when she leaves the office now, she's just going to go to her parents' place, pick her key and go inside. <laughs> no, I think I don't want to describe how that day was for me. Mm-hmm. I think I actually, I couldn't, actually couldn't sit down by my desk again because I would have probably just started rolling on the floor. And I, would have yeah. I had to go to the bathroom and I think I wept for like a good 40 minutes. Like I couldn't just stop crying. And that was when I now understood that, guys, like, it's actually not as hard as I like, understand it to be. Mm-hmm. People are actually getting help, whether it's financial help or yeah, yeah. help to the point where you, they're even the ones coming to paint. They're not even giving you money to go and get a painter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I went back to my desk after and I sat down, but on that day changed like a lot for me. I realized that, look, no matter how much I try to foam, I'm one of the guys. I'm actually not one of the guys, you know, mm. and like, it's not, it's then I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna experience that. And it was a very painful realization, but I just learned to like live with it, you know, mm. and I wait, I'm like, mm. okay, I guess maybe if I do, have children, maybe I'll get the chance to now be that, you know, that type of provider for them if I if I want to put myself through that stress. Or I just be I just know that I just reinforce that look, this thing is no matter how much you try to push it, it's very in different areas of your life, it will be clear hmm. that you know the existence that you're living is is not uh, it's not I'm not trying to say that it's different because everybody, you know, is going through one form but there's just something unique about, you know, your own, you know. And then again, I'm also, unfortunately, I'm also a woman. Do you know, you guys, some of my dad's friends hit on me when I grew <gasps> up. <laughs> Please, let's not even go there. Are we kidding? When I got like well into my like my early 20s and my mid 20s, oh you my know, God. when we were now like. Your dad's friends. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Oh man. Yes. Oh, come on. Some of my dad's like, are we, I'm talking because this is like, so I'm trying to say when you're talking about how like society relates with me, these are the these are the issues mm. that a woman is unfortunately yeah. would face. Mm. Thankfully, 
I was never in a position where I was dependent on them. So you can imagine mm-hmm. what the story would have mm-hmm. been. So it's just say, oh, when we're catching up, but then you now start seeing like subtle, and I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me, you know. But then I just laugh it off, and then I just, you know. So wow. <laughs> guys, <laughs> wow. Wow. yeah, wow. yeah. So in, so in that same vein, um. What are some of the reactions that are offensive from people that you guys found? And I'm saying this because I think everyone, everyone at some point before they are 20 or 30 would tell a friend and say, I'm sorry for your loss. Mm. I think that's inevitable. But some people in that same vein who are true are trying to be nice, do some mm. stupid things in the process. Mm. Yeah. And some people who are just naturally stupid and nasty. <laughs> he said naturally stupid. Keep up, keep up, keep up that behavior. So, oh my god, I'm I'm sure at some point, you know, I'm gonna fall into one of these categories, right? But for you guys, like, what are some of those? So let me start with you just quickly. Um, mm. What are some what are some of the reactions that maybe like when when somebody found out you lost your father, even though it was many years ago, they said, "Oh, guy, it was many years ago." Like, what are some of the things that you found that you just said, "This is a, this this is something you should not tell me." Um. To be honest, like, you know, when Bukala was saying something about, you know, meeting new people and not really saying anything because it never comes up in conversation. That was honestly my story. So I'm, I can probably count the amount of people that know specifically that, you know, you know, that my dad isn't here anymore. And so nobody, like those conversations don't come up. Right. And so I, honestly, I, I, I've not had to deal with anybody saying something off points because not a lot of people know and for people that know they're almost always very close to me already right so there isn't that huge risk and obviously i think also the time between when they find out and obviously when it has happened you know it just buffers the whole thing so it's almost it's almost like oh sorry to hear that and even the way i react to them saying sorry sorry to hear that for them they can get a sense that okay this person has processed it to a certain point right and we just move on so i don't think but to be honest it doesn't I think because I want to avoid that situation of dealing with someone saying something weird, I don't, it doesn't come up. Like mm. even as an adult, like I'm trying to think of this, like at what point does a conversation about your, do you avoid it if you can? Yeah. Sort of like if the person is saying something like, I don't think I've gotten a very direct question or, or where's your dad or where's this person. Right. But maybe a few times that I have done that, depending on who the person is, I say, Oh, my dad passed away. Um, or I think one day someone noticed that I was always talking about my mom and they're like, oh, what about your dad? And then I, mm. I, I mentioned it and the person was like, oh yeah, sorry about that. So yeah, I try not to, like, I don't lead with it. That's it. I, like, I don't think, mm. it's, yeah, mm. I, I don't lead with mm. it. Yeah, I think that's where, that's how I'll stop. I, mm. I, I don't lead with it. Yeah. I, have a... I think for me, by, by default, right? I, I, because of the type of relationship I had with my dad, right? Naturally, I tend to let you know <laughs> that, you know, my dad is no more, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's also one way that I have tried to manage that grief, you know, just to establish it and, you know, get it out. So that in case you, you want to say something, something stupid or something, you know. at least you can know, you can use your sense, <laughs> you understand? And, you know, you know, Bukola mentioned something which is about, you know, the kind of help. I just want to, sorry, I'm no trying worries, to no worries, no back to what she said, but it's a very important point where, you know, you're in your 20s now and, you know, you realize that actually some of your friends that have a dad, they have a mom, they, they man, they are, they are getting help and all this kind of stuff and they tell you and they are just like, 
yeah, I'm happy for you, but then I wish I could get the same for myself, you know. And uh, it, it does, it does, you know, it does put you down sometimes. And that's that, that's we are human beings, and you just have to realize that. So for me, I experience that all the time. Somebody will say they just did something. Ah, my, my dad just helped me with that. My pop see, my mom see, and I'm like, ah, okay, that's very nice. I like it, but man, I, I really wish my dad could be there because sometimes I still think back and I feel like, wow. If my dad was alive today, mm. would, would things be better for me than what they are now? I can also argue and say that I mean, some of the things I've achieved, I, I, I probably would have achieved them without my dad. But considering that I've been able to do so much in, in this short time, would my dad have been a, like a useful resource person to push me forward mm. or something? Mm. I always think about that sometimes. That, and it hurts me that... Mm. How unfortunate is it that my dad is no more to actually be there? And this is the time I need him mm. most. Do mm. get mm. like he didn't? He doesn't need to be begging anybody to say, "Oh, oh, mommy, real this, mm. this, this, the CV or whatever speaks for itself." So all he needs to do is just to say that this guy is there. Can you help him and all that? Mm. So yeah, that's there. But talking about uh, going back to what you said about you know um, offensive reactions. Yeah, the, the reactions. Me, I just try and just put it out there. Let people know. That you know, and I think I've not been. Although for the first two years of my dad's passing, I didn't, I, was, I didn't go on social media. You know, I was very angry. But now, I I put it out there. I let people. I, I just let you know. And mm-hmm. uh, when somebody says something offensive, uh, I let it slide because you know what I used to console myself is that, and I have to say this in Yoruba because that's the only way. <laughs> we'll translate it away. <laughs> and and it and it tobacco no more. Mm, mm, do you understand what that means mm, yeah like right? yeah, yeah when, when it's your turn yeah like like yeah. when it's your yeah. turn is when you know exactly yeah receipts. like right now we're still spectators like yeah like right now you're just from the outside yeah. you don't know what's going on but yeah I, I always pray for my you know for people that are close to me and i pray you don't go through what i've been through i don't mm. pray for my enemy to go through that because mm. man Man, mm. to come out of that and continue life and very can be a very difficult challenge. You need it. I think you need a, another PhD award for that. So I think Bukumi, uh, Bukola rather, Bukola, I think you need a, an award for, for you <laughs> man dealing with that. Two parents. Mm. I, me, I, I can't imagine losing my mom now. I'll just I, I can't. Mm. Because if that I, I pray it doesn't, but I can't leave. Do you understand? Mm. So so for you to for you to have dealt with two parents, I'm just like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah that, well, that's how i deal with it you know just put it out there and just uh break that so that at least you know and if you say anything and let it slide but if the person does it again yeah I'm just like, hey, bro man calm down <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i hope that answers your question mm. 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 nice so um let me ask you this because um do you think, and this might be a yes or no question, but yeah. do you think that there is a point to any of it? Or rather, how do you attach meaning to the idea that they lost your parents? Because, you know, regardless of, I mean, depending on what religion philosophy you carry in life, mm-hmm. you, know, you tend to carry a notion of what death means along that. And for you, how do you, make sense of what's happened or do you see it as a a horrific random act of nature and just happen to be the the 
the uh, the dot that was at the bull's eye at the point where it hit. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I don't. I let me just put a disclaimer that this is really not my intention to shock you guys. It's just my philosophy, and that's what makes the most sense to me at this moment. When I lost my let me use my mom. My mom was like, as I said, I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning. My dad was there, but my mom was like very independent. So she was like my provider. She was one who was doing everything. She was one who was paying my fees. I think it was until later, like I started to reconcile why she never got help. Um, I guess she just wanted it to be like that. And in a way, I'm also very like hyper-independent. So my mom, my mom died when I was in my final year my mom died just when she was about to turn 50 now you know typically there's this thing that i want to say you're about people but i think it's a general nigerian thing about how like your parents does and does and does for you when you're like a kid and then when that that's when you leave school is just the general time when they're supposed to start enjoying and then she died so at first, I was very young. I was 19. I was 19 when it happened. So when people used to say, ah, God knows best, and that everything happens for a reason, and Eleda, yeah, one thing, one thing, one thing. Because I was young, I couldn't really like say what I wanted to say to that person. Like, come on, keep quiet, you know. So I'll just I was just accepting it. But then I now it now took another person's very, very unsensible tragedy for me to understand something. My friend said something to me once when he lost his mom to breast cancer. Same situation, graduated from Harvard the same year that he was graduating, you know. And he said something to me that there was a night when he was just, he was a mess and he was just, because he's very religious. I'm not, not anymore. And he said that he was just like so down and was railing at God and he heard something. Now, this disclaimer, I don't know whether he actually heard it or whether, but you know, Mm. and he heard God telling him this wasn't me. Mm. Now, here's what I think. Here's how I've made sense of it. Everybody dies. Everybody will die. You know, we're all going to go at some point. But there wasn't a great, there wasn't a great picture there wasn't a great reasoning for my mom and my dad to have died. They, they didn't die because something fantastic was going to be revealed to me. Mm. My mom died because Nigeria has a shitty healthcare system. I'm very sure if my mom wasn't in Nigeria, it's something that the doctors could have found what was going on. Because even up until died, till she died, they said they don't know what it is. My mom's death certificate says cardiac arrest. That's, that's, it. that's, like, that's not the symptom of sick. That's like, yeah, that's eventually what's like, you know. Mm-hmm. So for someone to now come and tell me that there's a, because it's been nine years down the line and I haven't seen, if anything, my life has just been unnecessarily harder than it's supposed I'm a baby girl for crying out loud. I'm also supposed to be enjoying, you know, her, like her name and like her work and everything. It's just, I've had to come. I'm happy the way my life has gone. I'm happy at the lessons that I've learned. I'm happy at the way that I've turned out. I think I'm a pretty much okay person. I have a lot of traumas, no doubt, but that's that's beyond the point. But I had to quickly, because 
I held on to religion and I held on to the godly part of it for so long. But remember I said something at the beginning, when you're holding on to something that doesn't, that you don't agree with, it is very heavy. And it, it sort of, it, it kept, I just felt my spirit dying because I couldn't reconcile the whole, uh, she's now like in heaven. I, I, don't, I don't want my mom to be singing seven hosannas with angels. I wanted her here. I wanted no, her to no, enjoy no. the yeah. fruits of yeah. her labor. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want her to be in, I didn't want her to be in some magical paradise heaven. I didn't want that, mm. you know. So it was it was very hard for me to hold on. And then also, obviously there was also the why me? Like what was my is my sin that terrible? Like what did I do? That why why do all of my mates have their? So the more I was holding on to that and I didn't have answers, the more I just I was just depressed and I wasn't a happy person. So I had to let go all of of all of that. And in place, what I just told myself is that God doesn't have anything to do with who lives and who dies. Life happens, and I just had to create. So at first I have, I said that I want my mom's, another thing that made me, that gave me meaning to death. And even in a way it gives meaning to my own, like eventually when mine happens and when anybody else is, I just tell myself that I want people's paradise to be what they want. I don't want people, I don't want, I know my mom, my mom, do you know what it is for me to be a woman in Nigeria, to struggle, to send your kids to school, to have like a good job, you know, like a high ranking job. And you know how she must Mm. have done twice of the work that men usually do, Mm. you know? So I really, and then she now died. So meaning that she couldn't enjoy the fruits of her labor according to like, I'm sorry if I'm rambling, I'm just trying to put yeah, like meaning, she couldn't enjoy the fruit of her labor according to world standards. So the least that should happen is that I want her paradise to be what she wants. So if mm-hmm. it's that there's a heaven, if she wants to go there and she wants to be by God's side playing the harp, you know, fine. Then that's what I want to. I hope that's what is happening to her. I told myself that if it's that she just wants to cease existing, you know how people put pressure on our ancestors and say, you have a guardian angel. I'm like, after all the work that she did here, then she's now looking out for me. I said, please, please, please. I don't want that. If it's that she wants to just cease to exist, for it to just be not, nothingness, no pain. She doesn't remember, like, cause she was in a lot of pain like before she died, that she doesn't remember it. If it's that she doesn't remember us too, if that's what is going to make her happy, uh-huh. then that be it. And if it's that she has come back, because there has to be some form of reincarnation. I mean, where all these people that are being born, where are they coming from? So I tell myself that if it's that she has come back, I hope her new life is beautiful. I hope uh-huh. that's her new. I just, I, as I said, I don't think any of these things actually happen. Uh-huh. I just make sense with the fact that she's not here and I can't do anything about it. But I just hope with all of my heart that wherever she is, wherever my dad is, wherever all of the people that we love and when they go, wherever they are, that their own version of the afterlife, their own version of paradise is something that doesn't have anything to do with us here again. Leave us, let's deal with our grief and let's deal with that, you know, the way we want. So in a way that has just helped me to like, like meaning because any other alternative is just anger and it's just rage Mm. and i can't i couldn't live like that for a long time again it wasn't working for me so that was how i was able to just 
you know, make peace like with everything. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. I've never heard that perspective at all mm. um, from anyone before. Never. I've I've never even heard anyone articulate it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'm not sure anyone listening now might be saying the same thing. I mean, I don't know, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah. and I guess, yeah. And I guess this is one of the things that I find interesting about life itself because everyone tries to have their formula for what works and what doesn't, and 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 when they have that formula that they think works. They make the mistake of thinking that, or maybe assuming that everyone around them should follow or take on that formula too. And when that person doesn't, they're either missing out, losing, or they're not sensible. And what you just said now, it's just something that if you give me a billion A4 papers to write what I think, I would never have written that. And, yeah. and, and that shows how, even though we are all close in terms of all of being on this earth, the, the realms to which you can reach to make, make sense of such loss is, I think, is infinite. You know, yeah. And, and yet, I, that's, that's just my immediate thoughts to that. And I mean, this episode was one where I was just thinking, okay, am I, an, is someone going to tear up at some point <laughs> during this episode? And, and it sounds like, I'm 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 trying really hard to really keep my my head together because this is a, this is a very powerful thought from from all three of you that I'm hearing, mm. and for anyone listening and for anyone who is probably going through anything remotely similar or on a different parallel scale, you know, I I guess as you said, Bukola, I just hope they can find some meaning whatever works for them, mm. right? And maybe as we round up, I want to talk about. Just two points quickly, and the, the point relates to healing. Mm. When I watched a, an interview um, a, a while ago, someone talked about about, uh, the, about them losing their father when they were 10. They said that they became matured immediately, one, and they literally much, yeah, so like that was the first time I heard the word new normal. So you know when COVID came, they're like, oh, we're going to have a new normal. Mm-hmm. I had, I, I had, and I had that term before because mm-hmm. the guy was like, my world, my normal became a new normal, right? And he had a shift in, shift in identity. So like for you both, like, in fact, you three, mm-hmm. did you have a shift mm-hmm. in identity? And what was that? What I mean by that is like, Obviously, right now, if you say, okay, Wally, who are you? I just pretty much say, okay, I'm this dude living somewhere in East Midlands doing research, trying to get a degree mm-hmm. that's fancy. I've got, I've got my folks back home, my sisters back home. I give you this mm-hmm. backstory. But if you ask me that after I lose somebody, my answers might change. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I, I feel like you're, you're no more the person. Like, because if, if, if your world is a formula equation on, on a board and you have all the maths and algebra and you take away one, it's no more the same, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I feel like, I feel like for, for you guys, you definitely would have had a shift in, in who you saw yourself to be. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. can you like articulate that? Like what, is, what was that shift? I mean, how do you see yourself now compared to you were before you know, your experience 
loss. Yeah. I mean, so, who wants to go first? So let, let me go first. <laughs> Sorry, Toby, let me go first. And before before I go first, <laughs> let me quickly before I go first, let, let me quickly uh, uh, touch again on what Gokola uh, yeah. said yeah. about again religion. You know, I think you are, Gokola, you are right in that regard of uh, that religion thing. Hmm. Where me, when I lost my dad, my dad was fifty eight, just about to turn fifty nine, and I was like, "Wow, this guy is so fat!" Like. At the time when he died, it was myself and my junior sister. I was in the UK. I was, was in Canada. We were self, we were, we were funded by him. Not like, you know, we had scholarships wow. or anything. Yeah. When I was going for my PhD, my dad was like, don't bother scholarship. Don't worry. I will fund your wow. PhD. All I need to do is get there and just read and study. Because again, I didn't have this, I didn't have a parent to do this for me. So like when, when, so when I came here and, you know, like, we, we paid all our living expenses, everything, and then he just died. Religion-wise, as a Christian, I was like, what the... Mm-hmm. Like, why? <laughs> Do you understand? Like, what? Mm. like, he doesn't deserve to die. Mm. You know, and, and uh, at the point, from, for me as a Christian, my religion went, like, man, went down. Like, mm. I just mm. really asked. Him. Every time somebody's preaching, I, like, I just... <laughs> Even though... And the thing, funny thing is, I was going to Jojo, Mm. Do you understand? Mm. I was going to job back. I wasn't interested because I I couldn't comprehend the fact that I'm serving. I'm a I'm a drummer in the church. I mm. I'm always there. If you need me, my mom, my mom, like the way she's educated, everything. She's still clean. She's the cleaner, head cleaner of the church, mm. cleaning toilets, cleaning all that. So why does her husband need to die? Mm. Do you understand? Mm. So, but I think to to round that part of that uh, Bukola mentioned, one thing that gave me peace. Oh, and then you know, I told you like we had family issues where yeah. you know the, the my dad's family. people yeah. were yeah. you know they wanted to take yeah. the house, they wanted to take this thing, Shit. and then I'll be mm. getting messages from my mom. Oh, pastor, this pastor says you should pray all this prayer point. Like two pages, man. I don't have time for that, man. <laughs> so, I don't want to pray. <laughs> I don't want to pray, man. I don't know these people. I don't know anything, and so why should I be suffering for for people that trigger? Mm. But I think. God, maybe, I don't know, and this is still, uh, I don't know if it's God, I don't know if it's my dad, I don't, but I think it got to a point where somebody somewhere realized that this guy yes, just so. needs some peace, and I'm just going to show you guys, uh, 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 I don't know if you can see this image, right? Can you see this? Yeah, a bit. Um, like a, it, it's like a bird, or like a dove. A dove? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't see a dove, though. It's on, on the, the top part. That's, that's my window. At the top. Yeah, so that's my window when I was my previous house in Newcastle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I woke up, I woke up one morning on my birthday, opened the window, next thing I saw this thing. <laughs> 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 my father's people, have they come to me? <laughs> 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 you know, you know yeah. but honestly, that day, you know, I've been having issues. I couldn't pray. I couldn't. Mm. Till now, it still affects me. Oh. It's not mm. as if I, 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 I've been the same Christian or the same person mm. since then. Mm-hmm. But seeing that dove just made me calm. Like, ah, okay. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's God that sent it. I don't know if it's mm. my dad. But when I read a lot about it, I felt like there was some sort of peace mm. or some sort of, um, you know, a calmness. Mm. So as it's there, because... You can't mm-hmm. tell me that it's a human being that came to my window. I was living on like the third floor. Mm-hmm. And I came to draw all that. So since then, every single thing I do, I've just been, you know, you know, mm-hmm. been hoping that at least 
there's something somebody somewhere that is Pay you know attention. god yeah. is, is just there's something yeah. somewhere mm. that wasn't yeah. no, that wasn't normal mm. Right, yeah. mm. and uh, what was your question again? I just have to. So, so no, no, no. It's a very <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 the funny thing is, even even what you just said, it still it still shows the fact that there is no formula. The 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 way we can make sense of this is an infinite spectrum. That mm. yeah. again, I could not, I could never have written that on a paper to say, okay, how how my how might I use that mm. as a tool, mm. you know, to process? I, it's not possible. Mm. But my, my question was. You know, like, how do you think you've changed? Not, oh. not like, I, I don't, and, and I want to be, I want to be careful. I don't mean change as far characters, like you're stronger, resilient. No. Mm. How do you see yourself now that it is fundamentally different? Mm. Okay, very good. Who, you, okay. who you were okay. before? Who, who I was before was uh, the son, the son of a professor who, you know, my dad, my dad was was lecturing like five unis and whatnot, so he knew people. Lectured people, so I was that kind of person that I know I have a dad and my dad can can be there for me. Now, the next day when my dad died, I was the kind of, I was the son that man. I have to fend for myself. I have to look for opportunities mm. for me. I have to survive. Mm. Okay, mm. let me write that. I think I, I have to survive. So we were we were a family where we were good. We were, we were okay. We are not like we are rich, but it's not as if we were suffering. You were rich, no, no, no. Honestly, 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 no, I don't think so. But, but see, you see, you see, one thing my own mistake my dad did, and there's there's still other aspects where you you still feel like, oh man, dad, you could have just done better in this yeah, aspect. Mm, you could have mm, just done. Mm, you still you still have all those things, which is mm. a story for another day. But one thing that my dad did that really affected us as a family was that he didn't write a will, mm. right? Mm. Yeah. So he didn't write a will because I don't know. And funny enough, my mom had told him about this will issue like one year before he died, though. Hey. That Shetty wow. will and all that. Wow. But he, he turned it into an mm. argument. Ah, to uh, make it good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you want me to die? You pray for my death. He didn't even eat gone. That day he came yeah. back to the house. He didn't even eat because of that whole thing. Question. And him not writing a will meant that we couldn't sell any of his properties. We couldn't access his bank account. We couldn't access wow. his pension for mm. two years. Oof. So, wow. Wale, to, to answer your question about my identity, I then became the, the, the son of a professor who was, you know, okay, to somebody that who was just trying to survive and not reach. Particularly for me, I didn't want to return to Nigeria because I, I was in the second year of my PhD. Mm. I had to pay for all that. And even if I tell you how I how I managed to pay, God, that's mm. a, like where the, my university, the, the, I, the director of school paid my fees twice <laughs> from his own pocket, though, wow. from his own research fund. Do you get? So, so I became mm-hmm. that kind of person where I I I I went from no, you know, rosy, everything fine, yeah, yeah. If I wanted to, you know, buy, even then I could afford to buy maybe Hermes or Gucci belt. Now that's our time <laughs> in survival <laughs> mode. Just to survive. So yeah, I think I think that that was what changed for me. Just trying mm. to survive. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right. So for me, um, so as much as I was young when it happened, you know, I went from going like so. I was in life for in Ibadan, which was this very tush school with rich kids. Like uh, the amount we're yeah, oh, like if you know, <laughs> if it just just for context, yeah, for, for anybody who doesn't know, yeah. So if you live in Ibadan, you went to life for as its primary school. Yeah. You yeah. were doing fine. <laughs> It's like, no, actually, it's like you're in Lagos and you went to Grinch. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So that was the case. And, you know, 
the plan was okay after life was you go to life was high and you know then because my brothers and sisters had schooled also outside of nigeria after their secondary school so like all of that was just laid up uh, at least i could understand that part from how old i was at that point in time and then this guy mm-hmm. passes away things are just very very different in terms of actual lived realities mm-hmm. like so i went from living mm-hmm. in this house to another house like my mom's friend had mm-hmm. to give her her apartment to stay in but it was still in the same estate so i still had the mm-hmm. same friends surrounded by the same people but i was living in a different mm-hmm. house then we moved to another house mm-hmm. again a smaller one down that mm-hmm. same street um and then i had to go to isi like it was, so I, I say again it's not a bad school but it was just very different like all my yeah, friends it's hard to get your book but the way you said it, I had to go to ISI, my own school. So when I was going there, what happened to me? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, jokes, say. bro. Jokes, jokes. I jokes, know. Continue. Yeah. Um. And I think at some point, I just began, to, like, I knew, okay, I went from having the driver pick me up at school. You know, one car is coming to pick you up today. Another one is coming tomorrow. And then, you know, my mom is driving the same car to drop me in school, a Volvo in, you know. Like, so, so all those things, like, <laughs> I started to process all those things a lot, you know, I guess differently at that point in time. And I realized, okay, fine, my life is different now. And I need to take on this new identity of, for the lack of a better word, I won't say a street kid, but, you know, I wasn't your Ajay mm. Butter anymore. Like I couldn't be mm. that mm. anymore. And I knew I didn't want to put my mom, because I, although I was young, I saw what my mom went through. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. like, you know, if I wasn't here, this woman would have easily probably remarried, but there was just this whole burden of having, like, I know she wouldn't have called it that, but I somehow I realized that me being in this woman's life, like, just complicated things a lot more, right? And so mm-hmm. I think my perspective was always to try as be, an, be as independent as quickly as possible. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, I think that's the, major, that's the major change that happened. That I just started to do things more independently. Like, you know, one, one story I like to share is when I got into UI, like a lot of people mm-hmm. were, you know, their parents were coming with them to register them, do all of these things. Yeah. Like, I didn't like, I didn't even think about is that, oh, let me call my mom and ask her. Like, even when I was facing issues of, you know, I couldn't register in a hall and then my cousin called her dad and he sorted it out for her. I mean, I was just sitting there down, down yeah. that day. I was like, ah, what am I going to call now? I, <laughs> I went back to my room. I went back to my room that day. I know I cried that day. But I, I cried not because I just felt frustrated. I was like, like yeah. I was just like, nah, this is not right. But then I, I woke up the next morning. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try and do everything on my own. I prayed for grace and I just went on and things started to fall into place. So that's kind of like been my life story where there's a challenge that happens. I know it'll have been easier if I had my dad around. Yeah. You know, he's not. Yeah. And, you know, something eventually works itself out. But in summary, I've just become a very, like a much more independent person. Like, yeah, like super independent to the point where i feel like it's even a, a it's an issue in some cases um which we'll talk about another day but generally i just became very independent very yeah. quickly compared to my siblings as well yeah. right my sister listens to the podcast so um <laughs> it'll be an interesting conversation <laughs> after this but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah yeah so i mean my own my shift in identity had nothing to do with like financial. I think it had more to do with like my psyche, like my, my psychology, like the way that I think. And I had to go from being this sheltered, bratty teenager to understanding that, look, 
I was going to have to, I mean, while well, he used one word mature, I don't think I like to call it maturity. I just think, oh yeah, it's, I think I just like to call it like hyper, like hyper visuality, like hyper vigilance, more like if that's mm-hmm. the word. I just knew that I had to grow up. Whatever growing up meant, means meant like taking charge of my life, you know, having to get a job by myself, you know, having to get an apartment by myself, you know. And then I started to now, before I would have probably been the traditional, okay, I want to get married very early. I want to start having kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when I now started to have conversation with my friends and you now hear them saying things like, ah, men, men take advantage of women who don't come from like good families, maybe people who don't have like fatherly figures. So I started getting like afraid and I was like, let me not go and marry somebody who will see that I don't really have anybody. And then they will start to treat me one kind, you know? So these were the things that were going on in my early twenties head at first. Then you start to hear things like marrying into a good family is very important. And I'm like, then I guess that's not for me because According to society standards, I don't really have a good family because I don't even have a family at all. Mm. Then, so I guess in a way for me, the shift in my identity, I now became just very, very independent. So I was like, I don't want to get married. I was like, I don't think I'm ready to have kids now because I know that I'm definitely not ready. All Mm. of all these things, I don't think like, if I'm sure my mom would have probably been one of those moms who would have introduced me to maybe one of her friends, I would have probably married a long time ago because she would have wanted grandbabies. None of all that is like existent for me right now because I know now that I have to be more careful than the next person because the next person has a home to go back to if things are not working out in the sense I don't, you know. So if I'm going to make a decision, I have to know that it's just me and I have to go into that partnership with somebody who also understands that it's just me and mm. somebody who wants, because no, I don't think people go into like marriages deliberately and say, ah, I'm picking this person because this person looks like an easy target. I don't think there are people actually like that. Mm. I just think it's just something that happens. So, which is why like, I have to be like extra cautious. So these are like the shifts in my thinking. Then also another thing that grief did to me is the, the fear I now have like irrational fears. So like where another person would see a normal situation, my mind has already thought of different ways that he can, you know, go wrong. And I'm already thinking that. So if this person who is very integral to this thing is no more, how do we, like, what are we going to do? Like, that's the kind, I might not necessarily share these thoughts because I don't want to always be that person in the room. But basically my mind has already just gone to, so there's no happy ending. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I'm very, very happy with the way my eyes opened very early to the world. I'm not saying I've learned everything there is to learn about the world, but I don't think anybody would sit down and call me a naive girl again. I already don't have any illusions of a prince coming to save me. I don't have any of that. Like again, okay, maybe using that prince thing was a bit like misogynistic, (laughs) but I just don't have any illusions of anybody coming to save me. I just know that if I'm gonna get anything done, I'm gonna have to do it by myself. And I've already, I've already crossed that hole. I don't feel bad. I don't feel self pity again. I've already crossed all that line. Do I wish that things are a bit softer for me? 
yeah, of course. Which is another reason why, like, I probably want to, I, not probably, like, I want to leave nine just because I know I'm going to a place where it doesn't matter if you don't have parents. Everybody has, like, a level play, playing field and anybody can do what they want. That's, like, one of the reasons. And where, again, I'm going to a place where not a lot of people know my background and I can literally start afresh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Do you understand? So I guess that's my own shift in identity. Sometimes it's not a good thing because I... I'm just, I have so many things that sometimes restrict me from living a very colorful, you know, life mm-hmm. and all. But then again, given the type of world that we live in, I think some of the, some of the um, things that I picked up have also helped me, you know, like a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's like my own, that's my own um, total shift. That's the kind of experience that, I got, I got from, you know, dealing with grief. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Will you? <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you guys are probably expecting, ah, let's bring this bookie. She'll come and give us <laughs> unicorn stories. Hell actually, no. I mean, definitely not. I think, I think, I did not know what to expect. And, and I think for me, that made me want to listen more mm-hmm. yeah. because I knew, I, I already knew deep down that there was nothing I was going to hear today that I could relate to. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was prepared to be moved and shocked and not shocked in the sense of, I've not heard a story before, shocked in the sense that to realize that, that the, the volume of what I think can be possible I've never even touched it. Yeah. Mm. Right. So when, so when, so when you, so when you and I did talk about how you felt dealing with all these different variables of family, friends, etc., there are some things that I heard that I've never even dipped, like thought of as something that I would ever even think. No, at times you can even think and say, okay, all right, I'm in my late twenties now. Let me imagine what life would be if my parents pass away and in, in whatever years, but even though I've done those kind of things, I've not thought about some of many of the things I've heard today. Mm. And, and I think for me, that's the most profound thing from this conversation, knowing that I said it before, the range of feelings and thoughts and changes are so infinite mm. that that grief, gr- grief is almost like a no man's land. Yeah. All right. And and from what you guys have all said, even you told me like there is no expiry date, like. I would just go for a wedding and, 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 and you're not even sure how you're going to like, that is, that is crazy. Yeah. Right. And I think for anyone who is listening and probably you've not experienced grief, you know, I think if anything, that should give an idea of the amount of thinking you should have when people when you cover people with grief because as it, I said that day you you don't move on from it in a way it is with you you probably just move like you carry on forward with it but mm. you can't like you can move on from maybe okay um I I didn't score a goal today when I was playing football no. uh, damn it mm. but like this is part of who you are and as I said before like your equation of life there's someone has plucked out an algebra from that equation mm. you know and I just want to thank you guys for obviously coming and share share your stories. I know we've yeah. laughed, I know we've joked, <laughs> but trust me, I know in that you laughing about it is a reflection of strength, of character, to be able to articulate your thoughts in such tra- tragic 
um, experiences mm. because it takes it takes something to have to talk about it articulately, but also find ways to be jovial in those expressions. I, which which is why I salute. So yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, like thank you both for um, honoring us with this conversation. You're Really, really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this topic, Wale, is, is one topic that you know. There's no. You know, I did an IG live on this, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, I just had to bring my mom in because my, I thought my mom was more experienced than me because she lost her dad at a young yeah. age and yeah. then she lost yeah. her husband. Because you know, mm. but man, like, there's no way you want to structure this type of topic, man. By the time people start sharing their experiences and yeah. like me, even me. I mean, I, me coming to show me picture and all that, like, no one I only want to do that, but it's yeah. kind of topic that it's not yeah. every day we talk about it, so yeah. when you, ah, yeah, so yeah. it's good when, to be here. When I was well. coming into this conversation, I didn't know, like, I was trying to define the extent of what I was going to share. I was like, do they really need to know? Mm. But then, there's yeah. no way you can talk about it if you don't, like, come, like, there's a reason why I agreed to come and talk about grief. It's just, it's, yeah, so I just yeah. had to bear. I think the only thing I'll just say, sorry, is if there's anybody that's like experiencing it like freshly, I think mm-hmm. sometimes it might feel like you're going to, like that's how you're going to feel for life, but it actually does get better. Mm-hmm. There are many instances we're talking here where I actually wanted to cry, but I now found myself laughing and I know that this will not have been my story maybe a couple of years back. It gets better. I, the way I can describe this is the size of your grief is the same but your capacity to love and expand, it grows bigger. So there's more space. There's more space. The grief is, is the same. You know, it's not as if the grief keeps, you know, it's the same. It's just your capacity to love and the capacity for growth, it expands around that grief. So you can infuse like, other things that make you happy, depending on the type of life that you want to live, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's going to be fine in the end. Yeah, but... you know, it's, yeah. it's a very good point, actually. There, there's, there is, a, and I hope Toby also agrees, at least Toby has experienced this, but yeah. there's, there's, you just have to keep moving. I think for me, you just have to keep moving on. And uh, for me, that point about, oh, there is light at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though I can still see the light, but I'm still in the tunnel. Yeah. I just keep going. I know, just yeah. keep going. Yeah, you know, talking about that load. Before my dad died, I didn't have any load. I didn't even know what it was. I was just living my ni- nice life. But now that he's died, I'm still moving. But yeah. I just, I now have that big, heavy load that I'm carrying as I'm going. So yeah. somebody might like go, looking at my PhD journey, for example. My PhD shouldn't have taken me four and a half years to finish it, but it, it took me that because man, I have to realize I can't compare myself to other people. Mm. You understand? Mm. Mm, people, all yeah. these other people that I'm thinking, oh, they finished, they've even published before me and all that. Man, they didn't go through all the emotional trauma. Sometimes, when my dad died, I didn't eat for five days. Mm. Like, not as they want to eat, though, my brother. Just, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was not hungry. Do you understand? I saw my best meal, jollof rice with turkey, and oh, my brother, I did not eat. Mm. Because I, so that, that's how grief can, 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 you know, make you feel. Paralyze you. You can paralyze you. It can make you, so, you know, but there's light at the end of the tunnel, but you have to realize that that tunnel will be a long tunnel and you just have to keep going. Keep going. And as, yeah. you, as, as um, Bukola said, you would you realize that, okay, things will get better at some point. You, the grief is still there, you will carry it, but mm-hmm. you will just move on and find your own way and, and route around yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Toby. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think just to wrap things up, I think one thing I'm glad that we always do with these conversations is that we have them. Um, uh, because you know, I'm thinking about it. I don't think I've ever sat down. I think Adi, you mentioned this book. You said you said this. I don't think I've ever sat down in a group of people and talked about grief this way. Like it usually happens in passing. Like maybe someone says an offhand comment, everybody laughs, and then we move on to the next thing and stuff like that. But I guess also life is already hard enough. So nobody wants to bring deep conversations and you know start sharing all these Agreed. things. So, <laughs> so we get it. But I think it's it's just good to know that you know we've talked about this, we've shared, we've done everything. I don't think we came in here like I don't know. I just always leave these conversations a, a different way and just understanding a bit better. And I feel like when I, I counter someone else facing something, or even if I have to face something like that pretty soon, you know, these are the kind of conversations that you remember that, okay, like I was talking to someone that has gone through this as well. Like we think it's a small thing, but it's funny the things that keep you going in those moments. Like I think you said, like looking out your window, seeing some random thing, like in, in your, like if someone told you that like 10 years before, you'd be like, I don't know what you're tripping on, but sure, fine. Like you know, <laughs> you, you, you'll be nice about it. But it's happened to you yeah. now. And it's like, you know, it's a core part of your experience. And honestly, that's how I try to look at life. That Some of the things we think are very simple end up like coming to us in the moments yeah. where it matters the most. And, you know, I guess it's the yeah. fact of being an adult and growing up and everything. But yeah, thank you guys mm. so very much. Thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you so much for your time. It's not for a note for Bukola. You know, Bukola, I think, you know, I mean, losing your dad and your mom, man, I know I've said this already, <laughs> but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you've been able to do it. Mm. But one yeah. thing I want to tell you, as you know, somebody that doesn't even know you, but you know, I just met <laughs> you here and you maybe talk is that you've done a very good job, honestly. You are, and you are, I don't want you to cry. Oh. <laughs> don't cry. Yeah, yeah. So I was just about to say now that we finished though. I caution, please. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, it's important to highlight that. And I, I tell my sister this all the time is that, you know, you, I mean, losing both parents and still being able to even come here, you're doing well in your mm-hmm. life. Man. I'm letting you know in case nobody has told you before. And I'm sure you don't have the dad or mom to even tell you this. Mm-hmm. You, you, I'm proud of what you've done. Mm-hmm. And Thank I've you. been there to just lose one parent and you've lost two people. Mm-hmm. So look, kudos <laughs> to you. And I pray that God Thank will con- continue to strengthen you because all you need mm-hmm. is just strength to keep moving on. So yeah. I pray for you and I'm proud of what you have done. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Sadie. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I, I think I'll just extend that to to all all three of you, actually. And and I won't I I, I won't try to add too much to that. Just to extend that to all three yeah. of you because as somebody from the periphery of this conversation, as I said, you know, I cannot. I I don't think I would have the capacity to even talk about it with you guys spoken about it. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I just pray. I just pray all the paradise that we chase, we find it at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, and keep having the strength to keep moving. So, and thank you guys again. Yeah. And definitely, thank you I'll for give, having us. I'll give both a a chat slash call individually um, at some point. But for now, I'll let you rest this evening. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Cool. All right. All right. It's, it's, I mean, did you guys notice how fast time went though? As always. As <laughs> no, always. no, no, no. For us, we are used to it. We're it happens it. It this every way. Every single time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> all right no all right, other, no other. have a good evening take right, care okay. hey hey thanks for listening to this week's episode of 20s combos if you enjoyed the podcast the easiest way to help out is to leave a review don't forget to subscribe as well also if you think a friend needs to hear this go ahead and share it with them they'll be glad that you did trust me 
All right, we release new episodes every Monday, but before then, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Twainies Combos. We post quotes, polls, and other interesting content and clips from each episode every week. So go ahead and follow us now. Till next time, take care and stay safe.